Hello and welcome to Open Door Missions Coffee with Candace podcast. This podcast shares updates on Open Door Missions ministry and engages in topics and events surrounding those experiencing hunger, homelessness, and poverty. I'm Open Door Missions Kristen with President and CEO of Open Door Mission, Candace Gregory. Hi, Kristen. It's so great to be back with you. And I know that, you know, we work here five days a week and we are in and out of the offices and the buildings. And But really, you know, this is the longest period of time that I do see you sometimes. <laughs> and so I enjoy it. Um, Open Door Mission is a gospel rescue mission in Omaha, Nebraska. We are founded in 1954. We are committed to breaking the cycle of homelessness and poverty. Each day, Open Door Mission's campus offers 917 safe shelter beds to people experiencing homelessness, serves over 4,747 nutritious meals to feed the hungry, and provides homeless preventive resources to more than a 1,000 people living in poverty to empower them to remain in their own homes. Well, we want to just thank you again for listening to, I, I consider it still a new podcast because I feel like we're still learning so much about it, Absolutely. but um, we appreciate any feedback and of course that five-star rating. And we're trying to build our audience. So we ask you to please share this with your friends, tell them all about it, tell them they should listen. And we'd also love to hear from you if you have any questions for Candace, or you can leave a comment right here. Um, but you can send us an email, odm at opendoormission.org. I'd love to know, Kristen, if they're listening on Spotify, Apple, whether they went to our website and clicked on it or went to social media, because that really helps us to know Mm -hmm. where our audience is coming from. And I also would like to know what they like about it. Oh yeah. Like, what do you like? Yeah, and oh, what don't do they say want? What to... You don't like? Yeah, we don't, we don't want to know want that. that. That's, that's yeah. discouraging. <laughs> oh, that's a Debbie Downer. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, people tell me all day about what they don't like. We won't get into that. That would be a whole different podcast. But you know, uh, love to know what they want to hear. We have some great initiatives coming up. We're going to tackle some social issues once mm. a month, and uh, you'll get to see our smiling faces on that one. So oh, we'll have to do our hair. I know. I was just. That's a. First I'll have thing a shower. I of like oh. Okay. Uh, Well, on the show today, we're going to be talking about the holiday season. Of course, we are so busy during the holidays, already getting uh, started on that. And we have a lot of events and opportunities coming up. And of course, that story of hope. Lives are changed here every single day at Open Door Mission, thanks to your generous support. Well, in the month of October, we acknowledge Mental Health Awareness Day and put out a prayer guide for people to be praying for specific things. Now, Candace, um, I know we talked a little bit about mental health last month. Mental health issues are a reality for many men, women, and children who are experiencing homelessness. Absolutely, Kristen. You know, in the month of October, as we think about mental health issues, and we had this fabulous uh, mental health flyer. You can go to our website to find it. You can also um, go on our social media pages. Um, But, you know, just educate yourself about some of the facts. For instance, 34% struggle with mental illness. um, From That's from our metro area continuum of care when they do their surveys. Um, We know that one in four in America, so just take out the whole equation of homelessness and poverty, one in four struggle with mental health challenges. You know, 20 27% uh, of people have been homeless that have been homeless three or more times previously. That puts them in this whole 
chronically homeless definition. And that's designed actually from HUD, how our government defines that. Mm -hmm. And you have, when you become chronically homeless, meaning repeat customers over and over, and I know in business you love recidivism, but we don't Mm -hmm. in our our field of human service. We want to really help people become fulfilled in Christ and healed and independent and back contributing citizens in our community. 70% of those that are experiencing homelessness do not have health insurance. You know, Kristen, this is devastating for our country. We are in a health crisis that is just not mental health, but physical health. And, um, you know, we as mothers know that you just don't know when your child is going to need to go to the ER, urgent care, doctor room, or even a specialist. And the burden of not having health insurance. You know, numerous studies are reporting that approximately one third of people experiencing homelessness have serious mental illness. And so it has been diagnosed and oftentimes they are not on their medications. And so they're self-medicating. People with poor mental health are more susceptible to three of the main factors that lead to homelessness. And these are common factors that we see every day, Kristen. Poverty, personal vulnerability, and disaffiliation. You know, when you become disengaged, when you become isolated, we always know when someone comes through our door and they do not have a phone, even if it's like one of those track phones or a flip phone, then we know we are in a bad place because we are not communicating with our loved ones. Because a lot of times that's the last thing that they have that they're paying for, Absolutely. And when they have given that up, you know, people have become isolated and it just is a really red flag for us. Now, I know we've touched on this before, but I think it's important to bring this up again. A lot of people have this perception that everyone who's living on the street will want us to come pick them up and get them off the street and help them out. But that doesn't doesn't actually always happen. Yeah. You know, we get a lot of calls uh, to our 402-422-1111. And a lot of times it's just people who are truly in our community that care. Mm -hmm. And they're calling. They're asking for us to do a wellness check, which we absolutely will go anytime, 24-7, 365 seven days a week, all kinds of incumbent water, we will do a wellness check on someone. That's, you know, someone is walking around, they're talking to themselves. Other times they're underdressed for the weather or overdressed for the weather. But it's enough that it allowed someone in our community that triggered something to call us to say, I'm concerned. And so we uh, do go out, we do talk to that person. We try to, of course, uh, make sure they're not dehydrated. Are they hungry? Um, We're always trying to meet those basic needs because we've got a hot shower. We've got a place for you to lay your head down. Unfortunately, um, it is not against the law to choose to live outside. And it is harder and harder to have someone committed for a mental health evaluation. It is almost impossible unless the person is willing to participate in that process. And so the best we can do is develop a relationship with them through Mm -hmm. our street ministry to a point where we have a genuine relationship of trust, and then they may enter our doors. Um, We do have our expanded behavioral health department. And back in the day when I was in college, we called it um, crisis counselors. That's really a taboo. Um, uh, Janelle, my our behavioral health director that we had on, you know, mm-hmm. just uh, last podcast, and she's like, Candace, we cannot call our our staff crisis counselors. So we we are coaches. Oh, We're coaches. I, I hadn't heard that. And that's just more um, a welcoming term. Yeah. That's hey, 
I, it sounds like you're having a really bad day from everything that you've experienced. And we um, know that you may want to really talk to someone that's safe in a safe place. Would you like to talk to one of our coaches? Wow. That comes great. off very well. And, you know, this just brings up that expanding that department is such a huge blessing uh, because it's a big need. Yeah, a huge investment from our board and our community to provide the funds for the additional staff. And now we have a LADAC, a licensed alcohol drug addiction counselor that's joined us. We have a LADAC case manager, a licensed alcohol drug addiction uh, case manager that's joined us. We um, now have uh, another coach in our emergency service department, and we're interviewing for one more. Wow. All right. So coming up, we have this big celebration. It's called Love Your Neighbor. It's November 2nd from 6 to 8 p.m. And it's actually a free event. And we encourage people to come to this because we want to share with them the impact that their generous uh, gifts have have provided these changed lives, right? Absolutely. We want it to be fun, laid back, come as you are, stay as long as you'd like, and bring someone with you introduce a family member or a friend to the Open Door Mission. Let us share why you support us. A lot of times, it's kind of uncomfortable to ask someone to give, um, but you don't mind giving. Um, But once people know, and so this is really peer-to-peer, it's like Kristen gets to invite her neighbors, her uh, Sunday school class, um, her coffee group that she meets with uh, once a month to discuss their book, And you just get to talk to your neighbors and your inner circle about the Open Door Mission and say, come, come and hear more. Right. And it's a free event. Why was that important for you to have? Um, I wanted to be friendly. I wanted to be, I didn't want to be doing all these tickets at the door and did you pay or did you pay? And I just wanted it to be laid back enough where you could come through the door, grab your wonderful appetizers, which they're all my favorites, <laughs> and grab a seat and chat. Yeah. That's chat. You know, we don't do it anymore. We have a phone glued to our hand. We're in front of a screen. We're in front of a TV. Right. We're so entertained that we forgot how to just chat. Let's just talk about life and how's your life going? How's our mm-hmm. life going? And oh, by the way, this is what your support is doing. Yeah. And it's from six to eight, kind of an open house. You get to walk the red carpet, which is so fun. Uh, but again, you can dress as you are. It doesn't mean it's yeah, fancy. We have I mean, a photo booth. Yeah. And then at seven o'clock, just for about 10 minutes, mm-hmm. we're going to have a really short uh, video, an impact video of what your support has done here at the Open Door Mission. Uh, it just kind of answer a few Q&A questions and then go back to having some fabulous appetizers. <laughs> I won't tell you how many times I went back last year. but Don't it- eat. And we would just want to uh, thank King of Kings Church for hosting this again with yes. us. Um, we would like you, though, to go on to our website, opendoormission.org, and reserve your free ticket so we know you're coming. And how many tickets you need because, mm-hmm. you know, we want to make sure we have enough food because, Kristen, you know, we get there early to decorate <laughs> and set up, so we're going to start munching early. We don't want there not to be enough. <laughs> we do want to save you some. Yeah. Uh, then the next day, we're going to have that busy week, that first week <sighs> in November, but yeah. on November third from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Open Door Mission staff and volunteers will be in Omaha and Council Bluffs Hy-Vee stores for our annual Turkey and Fixins. Yes, it's so exciting. We're back in stores live. We get to chit chat with people and you know it's it's so encouraging just to see people um, and people are usually in a very festive mood. 
<laughs> so for every $10 fix-ins bag that you buy at the register at Hy-Vee during that, and that actually can be for the whole weekend. We're there just on Friday, but through the whole weekend, um, FNBO is going to donate $5 towards Turkey and all the fix-ins. Um, why do you think it's so important for people to participate, participate this year in particular? This year in particular, I think um, people are finally um, feeling the recession um, that people have been talking about it for the last few months, and we're seeing it. Um, We're seeing our numbers increasing in our homeless prevention programs. We're also seeing our numbers for the first time increase in our safe shelter beds. And so we are seeing an increase in both of those programs. Mm-hmm. We also are seeing our donations are down by about 13% monetarily. We're also seeing that our gift in kind is down. And I just think people do not have as much discretional income as they have had. Right. So I think if everybody just gives a little It'll add up, add up to be a lot. Right. And that's why we think that at Hy-Vee, you can just go to your local Hy-Vee. It's right around the corner, and it's a really easy way to make a huge impact. Now, how how do we actually give out mm-hmm. those turkey and fixins in our outreach center? You know, it's so exciting because um, we are able to make it all consumer choice. So, yes, that fixin bag has the uh, traditional fixins that yeah. you are going to put on your table. But, you know, we serve a lot of different cultures. We have a quite diverse um, group that comes through our doors. And Kristen, what you may want on Thanksgiving for your meal may not be what the next family wants. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important that we give a choice. Would you like potatoes or would you like rice? Would you like green beans or would you like black beans? Would you, And so um, for fixins, it's not just about that traditional holiday meal, but also we know kids are out of school for Mm -hmm. two extra days. And so many of our children in our homeless prevention program qualify for the free lunch program. So we give a lot of extra bonus items that parents can choose from that week. Um, Well, actually, they start the first um, day in November that you get to choose all of your things Mm -hmm. um, and goes right up to the day before Thanksgiving. But you can actually choose your items. So it's a little bit just not the holiday meal, but we're providing those extra meals as well. Right. And it, it is always uh, in the month of November that now we have had a line out the door first thing in the morning anyway, but it's always longer yes. at the holiday season This will be time. interesting. It really will. If you've ever thought about volunteering with you and your family or your church group or your school or maybe your um, organization, a civic organization, this is the best two hours. Um, we cannot keep the shelves stocked fast enough and for people to have those choices. And so sometimes we have to stop the line, Kristen, because we have to take 10 minutes to stock the shelves. So wouldn't it be wonderful we had enough volunteers to actually serve the people and stock the shelves at the same time? This could be a different year for us. Um, Now we encourage people to help us out with our urgent needs by hosting a drive. They can get their church involved, their business group, or even just do it individually with some of their friends. Um, Turkey and Fixins is obviously at the top of the list, but what are some of the other holiday urgent needs? You know, we're just going into our holiday season, so we are kicking off our Christmas bells, um, and you can put up a tree in your lobby, your entryway, your vestibule, even in your home when you have your Christmas party, and you can have your little bells, and uh, people actually go out 
out and pick up those items. They're very generic items. And, and they're not very expensive no, either. No, uh, gloves, underwear, socks, a gift card to Walmart, Target, or gas station. Um, and you just, um, you don't even have to wrap that, Kristen. Yeah. You just stick the bell on it so that we do the wrapping for you <laughs> for um, the people who need things because you don't plan to be homeless. And we want to give them something new the week of Christmas. Yeah. And so um, we also have our um, fabulous uh, Somebody Loves You bag. And so for those people who um, just wants to grab a book bag, and fill that with various items that we can use that are generic. Um, we have that program. We also uh, will be kicking off soon. Kristen, I know this is a huge program for you, is Adopt-A-Guest. Yes. And um, we give you the name of one of our individuals or families. And um, we have their sizes, the colors, their three wish items. And we ask you to uh, buy approximately $100 worth of gifts, yep. wrap them, mm -hmm. and then put them in a bag labeled with their name so that on Christmas morning, they will have items to open just like you and me. Yeah. And we are preparing uh, for that number to be a lot higher than it has been in the past. And so I know we'll definitely need more people to partner up with. Um, yeah. So maybe if you can add one more person to your Christmas list, or maybe you've lost someone recently, a mom, a dad, a grandpa, an auntie, uh, maybe um, you're going to do this in place of buying gifts for each other. Please uh, consider making a difference this year in our Adopt-A-Guest program. And you can contact me directly for Adopt-A-Guest. And I actually just heard from a family who said they were not going to give gifts to each other and they wanted to adopt a family wow. this Christmas. I just love that. Um, I don't think my kids are quite ready to do that. <laughs> they have to be a little bit older than yeah. your kids. Um, and what are some of the holiday volunteer opportunities that people can sign up for? Well, we just kicked off recently. Our holiday reveal party had an overwhelming response. It was pretty oh. festive. Had the room decorated like Christmas, had Christmas music playing, and it was really exciting. People got to see our new Vomo software for volunteers, which is so user-friendly, Kristen. And uh, they got to see all the holiday volunteer opportunities. I know everybody thinks about serving on Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, all of the those things, Thanksgiving Day. But I just want to put a shout out there. We're serving the same number of meals every day. Yes. Um, we also will have our holiday impact maker at our our outreach centers. We'll have our toy and joy shop open. That is so fun. Uh, and it's so fun. And so you know, put on your festive sweater, uh, grab a ball hat. The and, elf ears. You remember yeah. that? Or the blinking lights. And they had blinking lights. <laughs> and it's really fun because our volunteers really get into yeah. it. But, you know, if you're feeling down, there's nothing better than giving uh, you have your time and you'll be really feeling picked up very well. Well, you mentioned that we have that new system, that Vomo account um, for volunteering. So if you have volunteered in the past, but it's been a while and you haven't signed up for this account, you do still need to sign up, right? Absolutely. Um, we used to use Vologistics. And so effective October 31st, we won't be using that software. So when you come on campus, you'll be able to set up a brand new uh, profile. And uh, the exciting part is you can access that from your home. Um, it is mobile friendly. And so it's really going to be able to empower our volunteers to sign up efficiently. So you can create your account now at opendoormission.org, then start signing up to volunteer during this holiday season. Well, at Open Door Mission, we love to share those stories of hope, where we hear from someone who's been through our new life recovery program. And today we're talking to Tyler. Thank you for being here. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it. What was life like for you as you were growing up? So life for me growing up when I was younger, um, 
both of my parents became absent in my life after I became six, I believe. And from there, um, my grandma stepped in. And ever since then, my grandma has raised me my whole life growing up. Mm -hmm. And so she was mom and dad for me growing up. Yeah. And when did drugs and alcohol um, kind of enter your life? Did you see that um, from your parents or? Started when I got to high school. The The guys I would hang around with, they would, um, they, they were drinking, um, smoking as well. Mm-hmm. And we, we were into sports. So we would always hang out together because of sports. Mm-hmm. And we, we didn't have no structure or no father figures in our, in both of our lives growing up. Yeah. And, and, um, so we were doing what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And eventually that led to the drinking and, and getting high. So. And how long was that a problem for you? Or when did you discover it kind of became a problem? Cause I mean, when you're young, you're not always thinking about that, that you can control it. I realized it started to become a problem when I was a sophomore in high school because I realized that those, the drugs and alcohol started to become more important than my schoolwork and and even almost to the point of becoming more important than sports for me because back then sports for me was everything and and it was only during the season of those sports when the drinking was not as important for me. But as soon as the seasons were over, then the drinking and the getting high became the most important for me. And at this time, were you still with your grandma? Yes, I, I was still with my grandma. I would uh, I would try to hide the alcohol, try to hide being high from her. So I, I and that would result in me staying away from the house or, or, uh, being gone for days at a time mm-hmm. and then eventually coming back. And so my father, he came back into my life when I was 13. Important age too. Yes. And, and before that time, him and my mother were, were in and out of prison. Mm-hmm. So there's one of the causes that, that, um, they both, what I felt like at the time, I didn't really know, but was abandonment. Like, like I know grandma, that's all I know, but I see these other kids who have mom and dad with them. And that was, that began to really, really bother me. Like, like, Hey, how come, how come I don't have this? I, Mm -hmm. I don't have these kids as parents coming to watch my basketball game or my football game. And, and I see all these, I see all my friends having their parents with them. And, and that was, uh, that was hard for me growing up seeing, uh, the parents provide for them, the parents being at games and like, like all the little things as, Mm -hmm. as a kid growing up. And Mm -hmm. and I really didn't get to experience that. My grandma would come to the game and and I would be very grateful for that. That was awesome. Yeah. But it, I guess that, uh, that sense of, uh, self-worth back then, mm-hmm. um, seeing other kids have mom and dad when I never got to experience that. So, so my dad came back when I was 13 
and um I love my dad. He but but he was drinking as well. So around that age is when we started drinking together. And 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 that was more of a friendship rather than a father and a son relationship. And and when I say that, there was still the father and son relationship when we were sober. Right. But as soon as the alcohol became involved, that's when it was more so just friends. Mm -hmm. So I love my dad, (laughs) but he, he was not the most... And the Bible tells us that our earthly fathers did the best they can. And and I truly believe that he did the best he can. And and I love him no matter what we went through. Right. And he, he will always be in my heart. And, yeah. and and so when he came back, we developed a relationship, like the friend part, of course. But when we would be sober, he there were times where he would come to my games in high school. And, and I would wow. really appreciate that. Yeah. So, so I can't discredit my dad for a lot of things because he did the best he can mm-hmm. and and I do love him and I do miss him. Yeah. So, so tell us about um, those years. Did you finish high school? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Then what happens? Okay. So after high school, uh, I went to college at Minnesota West um, and I played basketball for there for two, for them for two years. And that went well. Were you still drinking at this time or using drugs? Or Yes, it, it became even more, I became even more drowned in mm-hmm. the drinking, especially the drinking. And yeah, I couldn't go a day without drinking. Like in your mind, did you feel like, wow, this is really a problem? Or were you just not even thinking that yet? I just didn't did really. think about it? Yeah, yeah. I, I felt invincible, so to say, because I, I yeah. was 20 years old. I felt strong, like nothing in the world could take me down. I didn't know yeah. who God was back then. I knew there is a God, there was a God back then, but I just didn't know who he was or who mm-hmm. he is. As I began to get more heavily into drinking, the basketball became not as important. And... So that ended up leading me to dropping out of college, uh, going back to the reservation with my grandma for for a year and a half. Of course, I became very idle there. So in all reality, I didn't do anything with my life at, for those mm-hmm. year and a half, two years, but just continue to drink more and continue to waste time that God has given me. Yeah. Also, um, during my time at uh, Minnesota West in Minnesota, I have met this family who introduced me to Jesus. So at 20 years old, that was the first time I heard the name of Jesus. That was the first time I went to church. Um, And knowing now what I know, Looking back on that time, that family was the first time that I got to experience a godly family, a God-fearing family, yeah. a Christ-centered, God-fearing family. Mm-hmm. And so, so God used them to introduce me to Jesus. And throughout 
the last, for the next eight years after that, of course, I, I wore the cross around my neck. I, I um, would go to church once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you feel like you had a relationship with Jesus? Absolutely not. I, I felt like, well, I shouldn't say no. I had a relationship with him, but I didn't have a saving relationship with him. I thought I knew Jesus, but I didn't. So for those eight eight years, from the time I was 20 to age 28, before God brought me to true faith in Christ and granted me repentance, I was essentially kind of looking for, for God, but not really. Mm-hmm. And I actually have a verse that the Lord really spoke to me through. And that was that night that I believe that God has granted me repentance and where I begin to change my way. So this happened when I was at, when I was here at, 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 the, at Open Door, mm-hmm. when I was in the program, I was about a week, a week and a half into the program. Um, I believe I was only like two weeks sober at the time. Um, and, and so, so here's a little bit of context before that too. Um, so my grandmother had passed away in 2019 and then my father had passed away in 2021. So those were like my parents yeah. growing up, yeah. my mom and dad, essentially. And God has taken them away. Mm-hmm. And along with that, God has taken everything else in my life away too, which friends that I had, um, uh, home, my home I was living in, all my material stuff growing you up. you actually lived on the streets yeah. for a while. Yeah, too. for for about six months, yeah. And, and of course I was drinking and... Yeah, so so all that time, God, God has taken everything from me and my mom had found out that my dad had passed away. So she reached out to me and that's how the connection was made to come to open door mission because my mom's mother has worked here at open door mission Mm -hmm. as well. So I love her. (laughs) She is so sweet. She, she is awesome. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so that's how I was able to come to the open door or have that connection to the open Mm -hmm. door about a week and a half into the program. That's when I really started to open God's word and read the Bible, Mm -hmm. like through those eight years of, from when I was 20 to 28, I never read the Bible. I, I mean, I'd go to church, I'd have a little bit of word they were preaching, yeah, 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 but it wasn't nothing like actually reading God's word. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm in despair still. I, I'm, I'm uh, struggling like, like with, with life in general. Like, yeah. like my parents are now gone. The people who I knew growing up my whole life are now gone. Mm-hmm. Did that kind of just put you in a spiral, a downward spiral? It did. It it, it I mean, really if it did. Could get any worse? It did, right? Yeah, mm-hmm, definitely. And I was crying out to God, like, because because I was wondering what what's going to happen to me when I die. God, where am I going to go? I, I know there's something after this life. I know mm-hmm. this is real. 
and I was crying out to God. Tears were coming down. And this is this wasn't just the one night. This was a whole months leading up to this one night. And so lots of weeping throughout those days, lots of, uh, lots of, what do I do now? What, what, what's going to happen now? Did you feel hopeless? Absolutely. Absolutely hopeless and nowhere to go. It felt like no one was there now that parents were gone and so, so all that time leading up to, to that night when I was in the program, crying out to God, and I opened God's Word. I, I began reading different er, different books in the Bible while different verses in the Bible, just kind of jumping around. And then I believe the Holy Spirit led me to Second Chronicles chapter 12. And this is uh, uh, the son of Solomon, Rehoboam, so I'll just read a few verses. Um, Second Chronicles chapter 12, verse 1. So after Rehoboam's position as king was established, he had became strong. He and all Israel with him had abandoned the Lord. So in the context of, for me personally, it felt like, okay, so when I first heard the name of Jesus when I was 20, I, I felt like I was strong like like i mentioned earlier like feeling invincible like nothing can bring me down the the pride that i was filled with and when rael boam became strong he and all of israel had abandoned the law of the lord so for those eight years i was knowing now i truly feel like okay god you were showing me a little bit of your word from what i was vaguely not even half-heartedly seeking you right and I had become strong in my pride and my selfishness, and I had abandoned God by not seeking him wholeheartedly. I'll skip down a few verses to verse 5. Um, then the prophet Shemaiah came to Rehoboam and to the leaders of Judah who had assembled in Jerusalem. And this is what the Lord says that the prophet Shemaiah spoke to them. You have abandoned me. Therefore, I will now abandon you. The leaders of Israel and the king humbled themselves and said, The Lord is just. So I felt God speaking to me through his word saying, You have abandoned me. So now I will abandon you. And verse 6, The leaders of Israel and the king humbled themselves and said, The Lord is just which God is righteous, God is just. When the Lord saw that they had humbled themselves, this word of the Lord came to Shemaiah. Since they have humbled themselves, I will not destroy them, but I will soon give them deliverance. My wrath will not be poured out on them. So that was that moment of understanding, okay, if I humble myself, God will not take his wrath out on me. Now, with that being said, there were still consequences leading up to that whole, that whole time. Um, lots of spiritual warfare I was going through. Um, so realizing that those were some consequences that I was getting to go through. 
and realizing, okay, God is telling me to humble myself. That was that day that was that the Lord initiated in my life to grant me repentance. From that day forward, now I believe that daily repentance was is still important and how that's not just a one-time event, but it's a lifelong process every single day throughout the day. So that was that, that moment of, okay, Lord, I choose you. I, I know what I deserve, which is hell. But because you sent your son to die for me, mm-hmm. something that I still fully can't comprehend because of Jesus, I have been set free and given freedom. And there is nothing in this world that compares to God, to Jesus mm-hmm. and his spirit. And that happened to you, you said, what, a week and a half into the program? Let's talk a little bit about your journey um, through the New Life Recovery Program. Had you ever sought help before or gone to a rehab facility or anything like that? never gone to rehab, never gone to treatment before, never never tried to get sober. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were those days where realizing... Man, I'm destroying my life because of what I'm doing. I, okay, I want to quit. But the next day, I'm right back drinking again. Right. And same thing. Okay, I want to quit. Uh, okay, today I'm going to quit. Then the next day, I'm right back, back drinking it. again. Yeah. yeah. And you're you're in your 20s at this point, right? You're a young guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk. What, what are some of the things that you um, think made the program so... Um, successful for you. Mm, Praise God for the program. Honestly, I never heard of the words integrity, never heard of the word structure, responsibility, vaguely. I've heard of that. Um, These are some big words in my life learning Mm -hmm. at the time. And and the Open Door Mission helped show me what that looks like because I lacked structure in my life growing up, which is... Tyler did what Tyler wanted to do, which is not good. So, and, and do you feel like, and there wasn't a whole lot of accountability either, right? Like, no, you, absolutely not. No accountability either. Um, my grandma loved me, bless her heart, but uh, there was no accountability mm-hmm. growing up in my life. My dad, no accountability. There was very few people who I listened to. Otherwise, it was always what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So the program, the Open Door Mission, helped me realize accountability, structure, integrity, and just how much we all need those. We all need that in our life. Here's the thing, though. There's a there's some growing pains with that. It's not like you just go, oh, thanks for teaching me that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Know? There's, like, yeah. there's mm-hmm. pushback. There's, I don't want to do this, there, right? Absolutely. You probably went through all of that. Yeah, absolutely. And being uncomfortable... Even even now, like when I have to be on work or need to be at work on time, um, need to go to bed on a certain time, uh, need to do my homework at a certain time, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, just how much we all we all need that, and yeah. and and now 
And I think some of us take it for granted, those Mm. things that you would learn when you were growing up from your parents. Yeah. Mm. You know, that accountability and Mm. structure. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's what I, what I saw too, from like a lack of parents being in my life was just really learning, trying to learn to do everything on my own. And Mm. my parents, my grandma and my dad did the best they can. Yeah. I love them. They did the best they can. Now God is still disciplining me. God is still holding me accountable. He uses people to hold me accountable. He uses people to discipline me. Um, he still makes sure I have structure. So those all didn't go away, and they they don't go away. So hey, uh, we're all learning and growing every single day. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> at that's, least we that, should be. Yeah, and that's the thing I'm learning too. Is as long as we're in this life, we continue to learn, mm-hmm. we continue to grow, mm-hmm. and part of that sanctification process, which doesn't end until we are done in this life until we're called. And I'm sure it's not lost on you that God used your mom actually mm-hmm. as part of that change in you. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So, so, so with my mother, she was young, very young when I was born. And so her actions caused her to get in trouble. Um, so she was out of my life from the time my grandma raised me mm-hmm. until I was 18 in high school. And her and I reconnected that way. She came to a basketball game for high school. Throughout that time, we would, or after that time, we would communicate a little bit and say, hi, how are you? We love you. Or I love you. Um, and then she found out about my dad passing. So she reached out to me again and God used God used that to reconcile mine and her relationship back together. And now her and I are building a relationship now that we're close by and being in contact and and yeah, so that's that's a relationship I'm very grateful for and thankful for for God using and just how he works in mysterious oh, yeah. ways. That's so awesome. Um, what is, what do you think is the, this might be hard. What's the biggest lesson you learned while here at Open Door? The Mission? physical aspect, the accountability, the structure, responsibility, the Open Door Mission has helped instill in me for not only through the program, but for the rest of my life. The more important aspect is the spiritual aspect of of what it really looks like being a disciple of Christ. And dying to self daily, putting Christ first daily, and... Staying, trying to stay humble because I know in every choice that we make every day, no matter what choices those are, we have the choice of choosing humility in that choice or we have the choice of choosing pride in those choices. And God tells us to stay humble. And How long have you been sober now? By the grace of God, uh, June 9th of 2021, was my first day being sober. So 
almost two and a half years. Yeah. Wow. Not, not quite two and a half years, almost. That's amazing. And and after graduation, what did you decide to do with your life? <laughs> uh, after graduation, uh, I felt God calling me to ministry. That's another thing, too. I never heard of the word ministry until I came to the Open Door Mission. I didn't know what, what being a follower of Christ meant. I didn't know what ministry meant. I didn't. Total ignorant lifestyle I lived before before Jesus. Um, so I felt God calling me to ministry and to help those where I where I was in that position, in a very similar position to to help them and to point them to Jesus mm-hmm. and to let them know that if Jesus can do it for me, he can do it for anyone. Right. And so you're at Open Door Mission. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and working with the guys over yeah. at the Men's Center. Mm-hmm. And you're also um, continuing to go to school, right? Yes, I, I am in um, City Vision Institute, City Vision University. Um, uh, and I I chose Christian ministry and leadership for my degree. So learning more about biblical inter- interpretation, learning more about God's word. And God is training me right now. And I don't know what he has and I don't know what he has planned for me, but I know that I am in this training process and growing and building process, pruning process mm-hmm. and um, nervous, excited and scared for what he has planned for me. So I just got to keep showing up and, and keep putting him first and, and stay in my Bible every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, anyone who knows you, Tyler, knows that you live it. I mean, you can see it in in you every single moment of your life, mm-hmm. um, that your life truly has been transformed here um, through Jesus Christ. Yes, yes. You know, we just got to be a part of that story, just a very small part, but it's all Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so when you think about... Um, our donors, volunteers, people are praying for us here at the mission. What would you want to say to them? I would like to say to the donors and volunteers that their work is not in vain. What they do is not in vain. It is helping further the kingdom of God. And those resources are being utilized in the way God has intended them to be utilized. And those are in very many ways, uh, clothing, uh, shelter, food, and connecting with different resources. And mm-hmm. so they, they are not in vain. They are very important. Thank you for being so vulnerable and just for sharing your story with us. I mm-hmm. think it really will impact so many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kristen, I'm so excited that we have an overwhelming pool of people to interview for our podcast, and uh, it does not get old. Mm -mm. It really doesn't. And if you ever um, have not attended a graduation in person, please tune in to our social media because we broadcast live our our on Facebook, Kristen, our graduations, and it's life changing. I mean, I'm crying. I'm not even there in person. 
person, uh, oftentimes because of my work schedule or traveling. And I'm listening to this and it's just moving. I had recently a, a donor that was in my office that too, they were listening last graduation and they said they had to get up and get Kleenex yeah. um, because it was just so moving mm-hmm. to hear the life transformation. And so um, I know for many of you, um, hearing the story of hope is the best part of this podcast yeah. and it's ours too. Yeah. Absolutely. And when you go to graduation uh, live in person too, when you look out into the crowd, um, those graduates have friends and family who have been through a lot with, with them. them. And um, in a lot of cases, they're still working on restoring those relationships. Mm-hmm. And so talk about like, I do the ugly cry when I'm around that. It's, it's just so moving, taking those steps forward in um, forgiveness Yes. And, and just um, healing. And I think, Kristen, um, I think for you and I, because we are so sensitive to others and very compassionate, that it's a reminder to each one of us how far God has brought us and what he's done for us. And by the grace of God, there go I. And I think that is just that empathy comes into yeah. place. And so um, this is just a little kick back to just remind you the graduation is once a month. Yep. You can visit our website at opendoormission.org, click on the event page, and and you can mark your calendars today for the upcoming graduations. Well, that's it for today, Candace. Wow, it goes so fast, Kristen. <laughs> if you do have any questions, don't forget you can email Candace, odm at opendoormission.org. You can put coffee and can- coffee with Candace in the subject line. But you can also use that email to set up a speaking engagement. We would love to come talk to your group in person. And we hope you get involved this holiday season. Again, you can find out more at opendoormission.org. Thank you for joining us today for Coffee with Candace. We hope you learned something, felt inspired, and know how much we appreciate you, our donors, our prayer warriors, our supporters, and volunteers. We can't do what we do without you. You can keep up on the latest happenings at Open Door Mission by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and by joining our e-news list. Sign up online at opendoormission.org. We would love, Kristen, your five-star rating. (laughs) I already gave it to us. (laughs) See you next month.